Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Your Practice podcast, where you get to learn about branding and marketing and scaling your private practice. I'm Brent Stutzman, your host, and today we're talking about four mistakes to avoid when choosing an electronic health record, or EHR, for your counseling practice. This is sort of like a cautionary tale because choosing the right EHR for your counseling practice is important. Your electronic health record software will become the hub for your private practice from scheduling to billing to insurance claim submissions, client records, note taking, and the list goes on. Well, to help me uh, talk about this is Hillary Wolf. She is the founder of La Plata Family Therapy in Durango, Colorado. Welcome to the show, Hillary. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So we're going to talk about your journey to finding the right EHR for your practice and the mistakes our listeners should avoid. Uh, But first, share with the listeners a little bit about your private practice in Durango, how it got started, and the catalyst for your EHR journey that you went on. Yeah, so I started uh, La Plata Family Therapy here in Durango because um, I wanted to have a practice that was very collaborative with other therapists. Um, When I worked for a a community mental health agency and um, when I made the transition into doing my own private practice, the thing that was the kind of scariest for me was the idea of doing therapy alone. And so I really wanted to create a environment with other therapists where we could collaborate and not feel like we were um, in this on our own. Um, and so that was the biggest uh, push for getting La Plata Family Therapy started, um, as well as just wanting to provide really high quality care um, in a rural community. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you. Yeah. Durango's this beautiful town. I, I would call it, it's not a beautiful, sleepy little town because um, it seems like there's a lot of people moving there. It's booming and it's it's becoming not as rural as I, I would imagine it used to be because the downtown is like this historic, quaint little place. And then you just kind of move outside and then you got your Home Depot and you got your Walmart and you got all these kind of um, you know the amenities of not a small town anymore. <laughs> Yes. And that also, yes, so we do have a lot of things like that, but our nearest city is still three and a half hours away. So, uh, you know, when it comes to getting like health resources and that sort of thing, we're still very much uh, disconnected. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, um, so, okay, well, let's jump into the four mistakes to avoid when choosing an electronic health record for your counseling practice. So take it away, Hillary. The first mistake, um, so I'll, I'll just start by saying I went on um, a long saga of trying to find the perfect electronic medical record, and this was spurred by me bringing on a, a psychiatric nurse practitioner and an occupational therapist uh, to be a part of the practice. Um, and so previously, it had just been, the practice had just been with a behavioral health therapist. And so I thought that we needed to switch to a medical record that was going to be more uh, comprehensive. And, um, and so, yeah, so my first mistake was overly trusting sales associates. Um, and this, uh, by the, <laughs> what I mean is I got talked into um, a product that I was sold would be perfect and was very customizable to what I need um, that was going to take a lot of work off of my plate 
Um, but then once I got into the nitty gritties of it, it actually was uh, much more work <laughs> than um, what I had already been doing. And it really was meant for medical professionals, not for behavioral health professionals. Um, and there was just a lot of pieces to it that I didn't take the mm. time to really dig into to figure out how it was going to work logistically. Um, and, you know, the sales associate, uh, you know, they wanted to sell me on it <laughs> because they make a profit. Um, and I don't think they really understood my needs. Sure. Yeah. Cause what you were doing is bridging the, um, you were, because you were bringing on these other disciplines, you needed something that was outside of just behavioral health because you wanted to have this all in, from our conversation, you wanted a, a an all in one solution that could do like the billing and the uh, insurance claim submission, not just for behavioral health, but also psychiatry, which is, you know, a whole nother ball game. Yeah, and OT, and then also that had the notes. And I thought that this uh, software or what I was sold on was that they could do that. And that I was also sold on that they would take, um, you know, they would do the scheduling for us, mm -hmm. they would do the billing for us, um, and all these different things. But then uh, once I got down into it, it was uh, going to be hours and hours, like hundreds of hours, <laughs> not just like 20, like hundreds of hours of setup work. Um, and so it was actually really designed, this specific one that I'm, I'm um, referring to is really designed it seems like for hospitals and much bigger organizations mm. that had uh, a large administrative team, it wasn't designed for a small private practice. Um, so yeah, that I think is the biggest thing. Um, and so, <laughs> um, and then moving into the next mistake of moving too quick, um, kind it. of goes yeah, right wow. along with the previous <laughs> one of, you know, I was really in a in a rush to get things set up because I wanted, you know, mm. things to be as efficient. And as I was adding on people, I wanted them to be able to start in um, with one product and not have to move. Um, but that was um, a mistake because I didn't take the time to vet the um, systems to make sure it was going to work before we fully committed. And so what happened is I ended up in a point with where I was going to go with a uh, one and found very quickly that it was not uh, a right fit. And then I ended up having to scramble to switch to another one. And I actually ended up going through four electronic medical records um, before going back to the one that I had originally started with. And this created um, just so much headache. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> um, and so, you know, what I would really recommend is, you know, if you are planning on getting into a medical record, start slow and be patient and really, mm. you know, get into it and um, do, you know, a trial where you're actually using it with your system um, to see if it really will work and to problem solve on the issues that will come up to see if you can make it work for your um, your company instead of, you know, kind of switching everything at once. Yeah. You know, you're a unique practice where you're trying to bridge, bridge all these things together. I'm curious, um, after going through this, what would a trial look like? Would you say, let's just try it out for a month? Because it's a lot to kind of set up and, and do in, you know, go into these EHRs. So what would your, what would your thoughts be on that? 
Yeah, so I think two different ways. There, um, uh, Two of the systems that I tried out had something called a sandbox site. So essentially it was more or less a live um, like version of the software that you can get in and, tr- and, and use. Um, and so, you know, going in and actually putting in a couple of your own dummy clients and then, you know, for a few weeks actually putting in notes and, you know, running the system how you would need to would be one option. Um, or, you know, you know, do start using the system, maybe minus the billing, um, because that's the part where, um, you know, that really does take a lot of work, um, to set up the clearing houses and that sort of thing, but you could use it, you know, create the, uh, the, the claims or whatever, and just download them that way and, and put them through a different system or mail them in, but really, you know, getting in and really understanding the workflow and that sort of things, because, um, a lot of the systems, just the workflow alone was very confusing and, um, was really overwhelming <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to kind of navigate and figure out, um, especially for our specific, <laughs> uh, professions. Would you? Was there anything else you wanted to to mention about uh, about that before I move on to the next one? I think you know. I, I love the idea of the sandbox. Uh, that's a creative thing that a software provider or an EHR can provide to play around. I mean, you could only probably do so much of of playing around in a sandbox like that. And a sandbox is really just a technical term for software developers to really just allow you to play <laughs> and get used to it, uh, to a, t- a typical software. Um, so I bet there's, there's only so much you can do with it, but I think that that actually sounds, um, like mature softwares will have something like that. And so that actually goes to what I was going to say, I think maybe later on, or is in a blog post I was talking about is like, how do you know, one of the ways you choose the right software uh, to use is if it's well funded, right? If they actually have well resourced, because you don't want <laughs> you don't want to choose a software yes. and it goes belly up, <laughs> and you and you lose everything, right? So, uh, one way that you can kind of see that um, a software company is well funded or at least thoughtful is that they have uh, a sandbox for you to actually try it out. And so, I think that's I think that's great. So, go ahead and take us on to the next mistake uh, to avoid. Yeah, and actually, one last thing with the um, the one uh, uh, before was um, if you can find a company that's already using the software. Um, I think that was my number one regret was not reaching out more um, to other practices that I know that were utilizing that software to ask them what they thought. Um, because one in particular, mm. um, now I know that uh, quite a few people that have used it and have not had uh, the best experience. And so had I taken the time to reach out and do a little bit more um, on the ground, you know, research and that sort of thing, I would have avoided going with them in the first place. Um, or would have understood better that they weren't, it wasn't really designed for my needs and my type of practice. So, um, yeah, if you can find that, I think that is mm. the biggest because they're going to give you the truth. <laughs> so, um, okay. And then the next one is not verifying <laughs> cost. Um, so what I found with a number of the, um, electronic health records is that they have these base prices. Um, but I did not realize then to add on all the features that I wanted or was used to using that each feature cost an additional amount. (laughs) Um, um, so 
Yeah. So for example, like one of the the softwares that I tried out, the base cost was only like $58, which sounds really great. And then each additional provider was only, you know, like $20 more. Mm -hmm. But then what I found out is then adding on televideo for each provider was an additional fee. Adding on um, billing for each provider was an additional fee. Adding on a client portal... You know, it was an additional fee. And then all of a sudden, the cost was almost $1,000 a month, mm. um, where I was anticipating paying like $300. Um, and so that was really uh, disappointing <laughs> um, to find out because, yeah, the, it just, oh, you wow. know, it seemed kind of uh, misleading. And then I didn't do a good job of asking the question right, yep. of like, what is my all-in cost? <laughs> um, and so I was caught off guard. And then, you know, also being mindful with not verifying cost is uh, some of the softwares that I looked into have like a percentage based uh, fee structure. And so they want to take like 8% of your total profit. (laughs) Um, And so really being, you know, you know, think through like, is that uh, reasonable? Does that make sense for your practice? Or would it be better to just do a straight across uh, fee with the with what you have going on because, you know, if you're in the beginning stages and you're going to be, you know, growing exponentially, you know, 8% right now might not sound like a lot, but down the road that could end up being, you know, uh, a lot more than you need to spend uh, to get what you need. Got it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, before we go on, I want to remind the listener about a free resource you can take advantage of today. Look, most mental health professionals open a private practice to help more people and to make more money. Well, the problem is, is they often lack a clear marketing strategy. And that's why I created the Private Practice Marketing Roadmap. It's a free training video series that will walk you through my three pillars of private practice marketing. If you need fresh ideas about marketing yourself as a clinician or your private practice, or you just need a marketing strategy, go to brandyourpractice.com slash roadmap. It's completely free and it'll help you generate that pipeline of new clients that you want. You won't, ha- you won't grow unless you have a plan. So go to brandyourpractice.com slash roadmap and sign up today for the free course. All right, Hillary, this has been really helpful. So why don't you lead us into the fourth mistake uh, to avoid when choosing uh, an electronic health record for your private practice? Yeah. So um, the fourth one that I would say is know what the most important features are for your practice. So what I found with going through these different uh, softwares is some were really good at uh, the billing, but they, you know, didn't have the best uh, interface for the actual uh, therapist to be able to to collect notes. Um, Or I found that some of the practices were really good at having a client portal um, that had lots of features and bells and whistles, but not every practice needs that. Um, And then a big one was with doing the psychiatry. Not every uh, medical record is set up to do e-prescribing. So uh, electronic prescriptions to send to, excuse me, to send to pharmacies and that sort of thing. Um, And so really knowing what is, uh, you know, the most important. And so for, for me, it was the workflow for my therapist, you know, being, having it be really straightforward for them to be able to get into the system, you know, and complete their notes uh, as quickly as possible. Um, and then the second one was billing, you know, having it be really uh, seamless and smooth with billing, uh, because with having the multiple uh, professions that we or disciplines, um, our billing is a little bit uh, more complicated than some 
organizations because, and we do take insurance. So when I say billing, I mean uh, sending claims and that sort of thing out to insurance companies. Um, and so, yeah, taking the time to dive into those features to understand them, um, I think is really helpful. Well, I'm curious now, uh, now that you're on the other side of this, um, so you had to, you, you pro- it sounds like you probably had to compromise because you hinted that you went back to the one that you used to have uh, in the beginning. So you came back home and I'm curious, <laughs> yes. so how are you working it out? Because I imagine the one you're using now uh, isn't the end all and be all. So what have you had to sacrifice as a result of going back, you know, you kind of had to like pick your poison, right? So I'm curious, what were those sacrifices that you made and, and that you're trying to figure out a way to work around? Yeah, well, the biggest reason why I left the uh, or went on this search was the product that we're using now and we're using before we went through this EMR saga was um, they didn't have e-prescribing. And so with the psychiatrist uh, coming on, we that was something that we needed. Um, at the time, I didn't know that you could just uh, get a standalone system to kind of supplement. Um, I was trying to have everything be all inclusive um, because I thought that would be the most seamless. And um, I thought that there was going to be one product um, that could do everything for us. <laughs> um, and, and you know, I think the other softwares that I did look into, uh, I think, yes, they could have done um, the things that we needed to do, but it would have not been as efficient and uh just more complicated to use. So yeah, so we ended up going back to what we had because they seem to have the best, um, they're, yeah, they're a system that is constantly changing um, and, and, and adding features, like changing in a good way. Um, and, you know, their interface was really easy for our providers to use. Um, and we were able to get the e-prescribing feature that we needed on a secondary site. And hopefully the company that we're using will, um, you know, be adding in the e-prescribing feature as time goes on. Well, Hillary, you've really set up the listener to, you opened up a story loop in that you're like, well, now we wonder what this EHR you're using. So I would love for you, you know, what EHR are you now using? You know, you went back home yeah. after this journey. <laughs> the, so what what are EH- you what are you using now? Because I'm a big fan of it too. <laughs> yeah. So the EHR that we're using now is called Simple Practice. And I absolutely love this software. And honestly, having gone through all these other ones, um, they really are just a really wonderful, uh, simple <laughs> to use software, um, which somebody that, you know, I consider myself relatively tech savvy, but I'm definitely not an expert at, um, you know, electronic medical records and all this stuff. And it's, you know, really easy for me to do what I need to do, um, including the billing, (laughs) um, which I've been doing um, out of it for the last three years. And so (laughs) I think that is uh, a high, high thing to achieve for an electronic medical record is making uh, insurance billing possible for the the layman's person that doesn't have specialty billing training. So... (laughs) We yes. Well, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing your, your, uh, <laughs> your journey, Hillary. And how can people get in touch with you or find more about your practice, uh, La Plata Family Therapy? Yeah, so they can visit us at uh, www.laplatafamily.com. So that's L-A-P-L-A-T-A family.com. Um, or they can give us a call at 970-769-0131. Great. All right, folks, thanks for listening. If you found the conversation useful, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and please join me again next time for the Brand Your Practice podcast.
Podcast.